Hey, it's the JT and Looney podcast, episode eighty-one, powered by Bet Online. Uh, we're going to do our Oscar preview show with Lights Camera Jackson, the odds-on favorite to win the Oscar. I believe it's Nomadland right now at the MGM Grand in Vegas. But you should do all your wagering at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Or the Academy Awards. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Best way to place your bets. Free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag. And what's really cool is just for being friends with JT and Looney, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. It's the JT and Looney podcast, episode 81. Our Oscar preview with lights. Camera, Jackson. Jackson Murphy from lights-camera-jackson.com. The Oscars, they give away Best Supporting Actor or Actress, and they make you wait three hours for the other good stuff. (laughs) And JT and I don't have the attention span for that. Yeah, we like the Oscars at 45 minutes or 40 minutes or less. Yes. Get it done. Get it done. That's right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I, I'm so thrilled to to finally be on your show. This is great. Oh, thank you. Now, one of the things that um, I think that they could do better was make it quicker like that. They do try to, and I know it's their night. That's what. That's always the excuse. It's their night. No, it's our night, and we have pretty busy lives. <laughs> and, so, and I know they want to sing songs and turn us on to the best short and, and tell us why a short is a short and why they're important. And and I think that that's cool for people to know maybe, but, God, three hours. Do you think, though, some, the, uh, some of the ratings are down in sports? They're probably going to be down for all the awards shows. People, people blame politics, but also don't you think – it's because of COVID and COVID changed our priorities the last couple of years where movies and sports aren't quite as important as life and death. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All these award shows have dropped this year. No question about it. And the the lack of interest as much in the movies themselves. And even though a lot of the movies are at home on streaming services, still that enthusiasm isn't quite there uh, as much as it's been the past several years. So yeah, the Oscars will definitely be down. Since 1986, they've kept a record of exactly the viewership every single year for the Oscars. And the show hasn't had more than a 20% drop year to year before. I would expect a 40 to 50% drop at least in the viewership for this year. Yeah, there was a 40, 50% drop to all of us going to the movies. And so the romance about, oh, I went to that. Oh yeah, we had a gr- I had eight great dates this year going to movies. All that, the, the pop and circumstance or the popcorn and circumstance of going to movies, people don't have the romantic experience of it that, that they normally do. And that's probably going to, and haven't seen the movies. That would help. Right? Well, that's it why would. we're having him on. That's why we have Jackson on because he's fantastic. And I follow you on all your social media. And I just want to get this out of the way before we make our selections. You sure, really right. have grinded it out. And you're trying to more than ever work harder to get this content. And with your age, you're a young guy. Tell everybody how you're doing this. How are you consuming this content uh, with all the opportunities you have from HBO Max to actually going back in the theaters again, streaming other platforms? How do you do it? 
Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's been a quite a busy time through all of this. I saw more movies in 2020 and in that year. I saw 230 new movies, new releases, many more than than in previous years. Um, and yeah, the studios have been great in sending critics and reporters in advance the films and television series. And so, yeah, I'm just consuming a lot, posting videos on social media and on my website, uh, just getting the content out there and doing lots of interviews with animation filmmakers because I do interviews for animationscoop.com and I have a couple podcasts and just keep going and going and going. There's always something going on in entertainment and that's why I love it. And you got to keep on going with it. You are an animated feature film, not right. Don't don't you like animated features as much as you like uh, features with real human beings in them? <laughs> with real human beings, <laughs> yes, yes. I've always uh, admired the work that goes into animation, and uh, man, these these people take years and years of their lives to go into something that may only be ninety minutes long, but can still be incredible. Absolutely. Uh, the best animated feature film nominees this year are. Let's do that. Let's do that, and then work up to the big stuff. Because this is let's you know, let's start with your wheelhouse. That's polite to do. Uh, serve the dessert first for you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the nominees for best animated feature are Onward, Over the Moon, A Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I love that name. Soul and Wolf Walkers. Have you seen all those? I have seen all of them. Uh, you yes. better. It's your job, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, if I didn't, there would yeah, there'd be some issues. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and and what do you do? You think there's a slam dunk for in this category? It's close to a slam dunk for Soul, which is the Disney Good. Pixar movie that debuted on Disney Plus over the holidays. It's won pretty much every single prize this award season, but. If there's a spoiler here, it is Wolf Walkers, which is this hand-drawn one from Cartoon Saloon. It's on Apple TV Plus right now. You could check that out as well. And there is a lot of love and appreciation for that film, especially from the animation community and the global animation community. And from people who say, I don't want to see Pixar win again. They win all the time. Let's give it to somebody else. So I don't think Wolf Walkers will do it. It will go to Seoul, but uh, it'd be quite an upset if Wolf Walkers did win. JT, do you ever go to an animated feature? Well, I did when my kids were younger. I okay. went all the time. We came from a, a family, and we still, to this day, when you think of Buzz Lightyear, and I think of Toy Story, and I think of other movies, and then all the animations that my sons liked as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And I, as Jackson said, the amount of work that goes into it, the amount of work to put together an animated feature behind the scenes with computers and all these unbelievable sharp movie minds. Tell us about that process and how difficult it is. Oh, it, it's so difficult. And, and I learn every time I, I interview somebody new, uh, I interviewed the directors of all of these animated films and, and even some that didn't get nominated. And just they just tell me more and more about the thought process and the writing process and doing it all from home. I mean, in this past year, Soul was finished at home and some of these other animated movies, Over the Moon was finished at home. And so the challenges that come with that were incredible, but they all got through it and were all able, able to make it work because of technology and because of the collaborative process over Zoom and all the efforts that went into all of that. Uh, it's really remarkable. I noticed that you movie critic types over the years always seem to, and maybe it's part of the job, you always seem to mention, oh, this was a Pixar. Now, this was an Apple TV Plus. This was a Disney movie. And do why do you care? 
Oh, you got to know where it comes from. You got to know okay. the studios that make it. You got to know, and that'll help with um, categorizing them. It'll help with comparing them to other previous ones from Disney, DreamWorks, Sony, Illumination, right. all the different animation studios. It'll help with that and comparing to who's won what and, and where some of these directors are and where they'll move to. A lot of the directors move from one animation studio to another. So yeah, it's very important to distinguish where the films come from. What? Who's the biggest name in animation when it comes to making it? Who, who's the Coca-Cola? Mm, that's a good question. Nowadays, um, there's a few people involved. Definitely Soul Director Pete Doctor is up there as one of them. And also Glenn Keane, who directed Over the Moon and um, directed Dear Basketball, the Kobe Bryant short that won mm. a couple of years ago because he also has a production company and works with his son and works with his family members on various other animation projects. He's uh, in the family of Bill Keane, who did Family Circus. So yeah, the Keane name is huge right now in animation. And there are a lot of others. Nora Toomey, who um, is at Cartoon Saloon, the people behind Wolf walkers is making a big impact in the animation world and um ardman another studio i want to mention for animation Leica. i mean the, the list goes on and on and on and it just rolls off your tongue it does oh, it's a, he's oh. like a nascar driver <laughs> it's, it's, it's it unbelievable he could tell you who came in second and fifth just like nascar too which i find <laughs> great now let me let me tell you this as we begin this i believe that meryl streep and Daniel Day-Lewis are the two greatest actors oh, of Jesus. all time. And I like to protect the legacy. I look at this as sports. I like to categorize who's the greatest of all time. And wow. it's very subjective because I think Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, before he started doing too many comedies, that drives me nuts because I want to see him do the greatest roles and read the greatest scripts. And Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't act enough for me. He's kind of like you 2 that goes on tour every five years instead of every year. Or Tiger before he got hurt, right? Absolutely. He didn't golf enough. So, yeah. so as we begin, I want to say that Daniel Day-Lewis is the greatest actor, I believe, of all time, and Meryl Streep. But I'm sensing, like a sporting event, that Viola Davis is coming. She's coming because everything she's doing is super elite. And every script she's reading and she's taking is Academy Award winning worthy. Do you notice this with her? Should we keep an eye on her of chasing down Meryl Streep eventually as the greatest actress of all time? It's interesting you bring up that direct comparison because look at what happened um, nine years ago. Everybody thought, I thought, Viola Davis was going to win the Oscar for lead actress for her performance in The Help. She had won many, not all, but many of the best actress prizes up to that point. But who'd she lose to? She lost to Meryl Streep, who won her third Oscar, her first in nearly three decades, for playing Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. It was one of the biggest upsets of that night and one of the biggest upsets of the last 10, 12 years. I don't think Viola was happy that she lost. Even though she's friends with Meryl and people are friends in Hollywood, I don't think she was happy. And so she came back with a vengeance a few years later with Fences with Denzel Washington and Viola won Best Supporting Actress. But a lot of people argued, well, should that have been a lead role or should that really have been a supporting role? So now here comes Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Here comes this movie that Viola Davis stars in, though she's not in it a lot if you really watch the movie, but she's up for lead actress. And I think she's coming and gonna win her second Oscar this time for lead actress, which she probably wanted to win nine years ago. 
do you agree with JT's assessment? JT, you know, it's a sports thing. He's got to categorize the best act. And my, every time he does that, he does it to push my buttons because I always do my Daniel Day-Lewis impression. I was waiting for that. Uh, I was waiting for that to come in. because I Here I am, acting! I'm acting! Firmest like, handshake. Uh, firmest handshake out of anybody I've ever met in wow. my life. He's the Adrian yeah. Peterson of Hollywood then. Interesting. Okay. I like that. And do yeah. you agree with JT's assessment? Well, I don't have a personal all-time favorite actor. Oh, or that's right. You have to kiss their ass because you have to meet them all the time. Well, right? it's not about it's not about <laughs> kissing their ass so much. It's about the fact that they make clunkers all the time. They make clunkers just as much as they make the great movies. Now, maybe not okay. as much Daniel Day-Lewis, but right. De Niro, Merrill's even done some clunkers. Yeah, so you can't just say, because you never know. It's like directors. I don't have a favorite director because as much as I like some Spielberg films, there are some Spielberg films I really don't like. So... That's how I feel. But yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis, firmest handshake ever. And he really wanted to know, so what did you think of my movie? And I'm like, yeah, Lincoln was phenomenal. I mean, you were amazing <laughs> in it. I mean, you should know that. I, you know, you were amazing in it. Yeah, well, that is part of an actor's life, though. They, the need to be loved. And I guarantee mm -hmm. you, he probably sincerely wanted to hear your opinion yes, of his movie yeah. and hear you tell him it was great. Well, what I find interesting is, is if I won one Academy Award and then if I won two, like if I was Joe Pesci and I was that great of an actor, I'd want to win six. <laughs> I'd want to distance myself, but they take time off and they don't get great roles. And Jackson, you just talked about how difficult it is not only to win, to get nominated and win and then do it again and then mm. do it again and mm. continue to do it because there are clunkers mixed in and it takes sometimes six to eight months to make a movie. Right, so yeah. it's very difficult to start mounting these Academy Awards one after another, right? It can be, but look at uh, look at Mahershala Ali, who won twice in three years, yeah. Moonlight, Green Book. Uh, look at Christoph Waltz, who won twice in four years uh, with Quentin Tarantino movies and Glorious Bastards and Django Unchained, one supporting actor both times. So it can be done, and it can be done in, in short periods of time, but it is difficult to capture that magic once and then to try to capture that magic again because it's always so competitive and every year is so different. Do you ever go into a movie blind? In other words, not, <clears throat> you know, I think it's, you hear it's a good film, so you don't look at the plot summary or you don't look at the entire list of actors. Do you find yourself in the middle of a movie sometimes saying, oh my God, this guy's great, and then going to IMDb to figure out who he is? <laughs> yeah, I've been fortunate during this period of time to get some screeners of movies that I haven't seen the trailer for. And I just I just click on them and I play them. I watched okay. a movie. The, I watched a movie the other night called uh, Riders of Justice with Mads Mikkelsen. It's coming out in a few weeks in theaters and on VOD. Uh, amazing movie. It's the best movie I've seen this year. I had no idea about it going in. I had no idea. But it is amazing. So yes, that that happens. I'm uh, fortunate when that does happen when I don't know anything going in. All right, let's stay with best actress in a leading role. Yeah, yeah. I like frame us through this. Now we're going to continue Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Then we have Andra Day. Is that right in the United States versus Billie Holiday? Yeah, we have Vanessa Kirby. In pieces of a woman, here comes Francis Francis McDormand, my favorite, Nomad Land, and then uh, Casey Mull, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Good to see a promising young woman. A lot of people are talking about Francis McDormand mm -hmm. on the run here. Talk mm -hmm. about a great actress, Jackson. Tell us yeah. about her chances to win. 
Yeah. Well, this has been this category, this whole award season. Let's break it down. Andre Day won the Golden Globe. Carrie Mulligan won the Critics' Choice. Viola Davis won the SAG Award. Then Frances McDormand finally won the BAFTA. I thought Frances McDormand was going to win all of these this award season. Because not only is it a very good performance, but in the movie that a lot of people love and, and has the momentum, um, she could win. It'd be her third Best Actress win, uh, which I think is a first uh, for anybody to do that. So it could happen to Frances McDormand. Um, because people love Nomadland, they love her. But well, people, people loved Fargo. I voted for her in the SAG Awards. Oh, I loved her in Fargo. I yeah, her in this. but she just won a couple years ago for three billboards, so that could be on people's All minds right. as well to go with somebody else. Really, Viola's not a lock. Nobody's a lock in this category the way it's been going this year. It could go to Carrie Mulligan. It could go to Andra Day, any one of them. I just think it'll be Viola, but do not be surprised if it's somebody else. What? Well, well, if if you do, you vote for uh, for best. Do you vote yet for the account in the Academy? I don't vote for the Academy Awards, but I vote for the Critics Choice Awards and the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Oh, okay. And uh, what was your vote? My vote. I don't totally reveal, but here's okay, how I'll you don't have it. to. Right, it's okay. I, I'll phrase it as this: My favorite performance of these five is Frances McDormand in Nomadland. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. It, it was, you know, it, but it's, but Viola was good. Andre Day was good in a film that otherwise was a mess. And uh, Vanessa, I, I was not a fan of Pieces of a Woman. As that's that's not a good film. All right. Well, now we move on to Best Actress in a Supporting Role, and this is interesting because Glenn Close, I thought, got robbed got robbed a couple of years ago. And this is a makeup yeah. call, okay? Yeah. This okay. is a television makeup call to the great actress, Glenn Coase. I don't know if she's a dame, I don't think she is, but this is a makeup call. Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfield in Manx, we'll get to that movie, one of the few movies I've seen, and then Young, and you can tell us, you Young Young in Minari, Minari. I get yeah, you yeah, right? Young Yun and Minari, yes. Okay, yes. so I think I'm feeling the makeup call for Glenn Close here, and I think obviously I love Mank because I love the whole theory behind the making of that movie and what it meant to me. Tell me who wins this category. I also mentioned the movie Glenn Close was in Hillbilly Energy, which was a was that a Rod Howard movie? Correct? Elegy, yes, yes. Hillbilly Elegy. Glenn Close was in yes. I will wait, tell wait, you, wait, wait, I, I Hillbilly was... Energy, like she was drinking <laughs> sixty Mountain Dew. <laughs> The role that she gets up to comb her hair and drinks Mountain Dew. She's Funny. Got hillbilly energy. Did you? And she's watching uh, yeah. the Terminator. She's watching the Terminator movie. I still love that moment. Yeah. Um, all right. And I say, how, how bad is this? I even saw it. And mispronounced the name of the movie. <laughs> the winner will be Yu Jung Yoon from Minari. Um, she Whoa. has the momentum. Yeah, she has the momentum, winning SAG and BAFTA, and it just feels right. Here's what I'll say about the whole Glenn Close situation. Yeah, she should have won two years ago for The Way. Guess who she lost to? Olivia Coleman, who's in this category again for The Father. Um, so Glenn Close should win. Eighth nomination, has never won. But I don't think it's going to happen. I've been reading that Olivia Coleman could win again, which I think is would be crazy in the sense that I did not like The Father. Um, the movie she's in, I I, I think it's Yu Jung Yoon. I don't think Glenn Close wins again. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, which is really too bad. Wait a minute, Glenn Close has never won an Academy Award. I just always oh. presume she has. Eight times, eight times oh nominated. My God, I, I brought up wow. something that's interesting to me. I talk about momentum out of out of the crown and the momentum of Olivia Coleman before that. Olivia Coleman, Jackson's got momentum. The voters love her. They yeah. think she is brilliant. Uh, she seems to be a, a fan favorite and a voter favorite over these categories here. What would it mean to her legacy 
knocking down another Academy Award if she pulls it off in the father. Gosh, twice in three years, it'd just be, it'd be crazy. And it'd be huge for her career and her yeah. legacy. Twice knocking down Glenn Close. I mean, oh gosh, it would just, uh, it's something that'll stay with her for the rest of her life. No question about it. Winning lead actress for the favorite. Then it would be supporting actress for the father. Um, she's won a bunch of Golden Globes already. Yeah, it'd be quite something. Which was your favorite among these movies? Because I, I don't think you like Hillbilly Elegy. I was not a fan of the movie, but thought Glenn Close gave the best supporting actress performance of the mm. year. No question about it was oh. amazing in it. Out of these movies, my favorite was Mank. Uh, because Mank, um, even give though it's the, long, Give the background it was, of it that JT was talking about. It. Yeah, it's the making of Citizen Kane and uh, the writer of it. And uh, Gary Oldman is fantastic in it. Amanda Seyfried is Marion Davies. The uh, actress uh, is really good in in the film as well. She's uh, my second favorite supporting actress performance of the five, Amanda Seyfried. Um, And it's black and white. It's a David Fincher film on Netflix. And if you love movies, you'll really get into it. I think the first half is stronger than the second half, but I understand why... People love all of it, and and those who love Citizen Kane love it too. It's a yeah. brilliant a, 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 a period piece. I love period piece movies, and Los Angeles in the thirties. Mm. Is it right? Isn't right. That, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, Making it. God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Late thirties, as he's uh, Herman J. Mankiewicz writing it and uh, working on the movie and figuring it out, uh, and the whole studio system at the time, and that's why it's going to win production design, and and yeah. it's up for many of the technical. It leads the nominations because of all the technical categories, uh, because of that. What I found beautiful about this picture was the fact that the cinematography and the work that went into Citizen Kane. I cannot believe that there are people who haven't seen Citizen Kane. I mean, how could you be involved in the in the business yeah. of movie making and not understand? They even culture. show it in high schools a lot of yeah, times, I mean, just I, so I, kids I, will be absolutely. culturally whenever literate. Whenever yeah. it's on, I pause and I can pick it up in the movie. And then the way they made it here and they put so much into it, Jackson, the cinematography and just the background, everything they did. It was a perfect movie from that perspective, which I really love there. I thought it was well done, a little slow at times. But then again, wasn't Citizen Kane a little slow at times? <laughs> it might have been the greatest picture of all time. Now, a, a little secret, little JT secret. Okay. So people Ooh. say, JT, what is your favorite award in life? Is it the NBA Finals MVP? Very good award. It's more important than the regular season MVP award. For me, it was always the American League MVP. I grew up in the American League with the Yankees. Whoever won the American League MVP, that was my hero. No, my favorite trophy in all of the world is best supporting actor. Oh, that's right. Why is that? Up as a young boy, I saw it. It would open up the Oscars, yep. and it would be the prelude to a career that would begin with a role, best supporting actor, and then you could take that role and someday be best actor, and then you can mount this great career, and it would start with best supporting actor. Unless not, you're Timothy Hutton. <laughs> not anymore now. Now you have right. actors who have been, who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s that can win best supporting actor as their first ever Academy Award and then go backwards to win Best Actor. Tell me about, Jackson, the significance of this award, because I believe it's loaded every year. I love it because the category is absolutely loaded year in and year out. Sure. The star power is usually huge, or it's breakthrough actors. Um, Supporting actor has been controversial in the last several years of 
all right, do we put the guy in lead actor? Do we put him in supporting? Do we we stick every member of an ensemble in supporting instead of lead? How do we divide among the two stars? Do they go here? Do they go there? Supporting actor is always the one where awards analysts go, wait, why is that person here? Why is that person not here? That's how it's been these days. But yeah, supporting actor Oscar wins are, are huge. Let's and go to the category here because I believe the winner could be Leslie Odom in One Night in Miami, which mm-hmm. I love because I know Jim Brown personally. I've been to his home. I never asked him about this. I didn't know about this. Didn't know about this. And then I locked into the movie and I thought the actors who were in that room, a movie that was basically filmed in a hotel room where mm-hmm. it was tremendous. I think that Leslie Odom could be the front runner here. But how about Sasha Baron Cohen? In the trial of the Chicago Seven, Jackson, who do you have winning this category? I have Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah mm-hmm. as Fred Hampton, chairman of the uh, Black Panthers. And um, he's won all of these this award season so far. Leslie Odom Jr., I like in One Night in Miami, more towards the end of that movie. Uh, I was not a tremendous fan of this film, but uh, there are parts of it, including towards the end for, for him as Sam Cooke that I thought were very good. Sasha Baron Cohen, I don't think wins because I think a lot of still people, a lot of people still consider him to be Borat and nothing else. Um, and right. Borat's nominated in a couple categories. And then you've got uh, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. That who- was a movie. <laughs> that was my number one movie of the year, Sound of wow. Metal. And I'm so glad that Sound of Metal is nominated for Best Picture. And Riz Ahmed is amazing in that film. Paul Racy. And then you got Lakeith Stanfield also for Judas and the Black Messiah. Here's the thing. This is what we just talked about. People were stunned. I was stunned when Lakeith Stanfield was nominated for supporting actor because everybody went, wait, they're both supporting? Wait, didn't Warner Brothers campaign him for lead? The answer to that is yes. They campaigned him for lead, but Academy members said, we don't care. We are putting Lakeith in supporting with Daniel Kaluuya. We don't care. This happens with the Heisman a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. People, you know, okay. Two guys from the same team, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, you know, two guys from the same team who are probably deserving, but the yeah. vote splits. Mm. And do you think that could happen here? If the vote splits, it would go, I think, to Paul Racy for Sound of Metal because a lot of actors want to get behind Paul Racy, a longtime actor, to give him it. But I think it will okay. go to Daniel Kaluuya. Fantastic. We move on. We knocked out supporting roles. And we talked about we knocked out actress and the uh, best actress in a actor in a supporting role. Let's go to what I think is a really big category coming forward here. Best director, because Mm. a lot of people have not seen these movies. And as we've talked about, we are not making light of this on this special edition of the (laughs) JT and Looney podcast with the great movie critic Jackson Murphy. But a lot of people have not seen these movies and they're trying to knock them out over the next couple of nights here this week leading up to it. Talk about this category and how loaded it is, especially coming through COVID, where a lot of people don't understand the brilliance of some of these great directors. Right. You've got David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, and Thomas Vinterberg for another round. Another round of film. People were very surprised. I was surprised that uh, he got in this category. Could have gone to Regina King for One Night in Miami. Could have gone to Spike Lee for Five Bloods. Um, but instead, another round. I'm not a huge fan of that film. It's on Hulu if people want to try to catch up on it. Um, your winner will be Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, becoming the second woman 
to win Best Director Ever after Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. Um, if Ooh, there's we're going to the yeah. break the glass ceiling again. It's been a while yes. since right. we broke the glass ceiling. We're going to go through it. So that's a big that's a big moment you're telling it us about. And hopefully, guys, when she's breaking that glass ceiling, she's wearing a pair of Canaan sunglasses. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics. Clearer, lighter, stronger. And they have Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Now, use the exclusive code CanaanCast15. And you'll get 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N, cast 15. Canaan sunglasses, clearly better. But yes, Chloe Zhao will win Best Director for Nomadland. Put that on your ballot, lock it up, seal it, yes. Now, so many years, uh, the consistent pattern would be whoever ends up winning Best Director, usually that movie ends up winning best movie but not always best picture in the last several years best picture and best director has not always been uh the same movie correct yeah correct the correlation yeah, yeah. um it's happened a lot in the last not last year yeah. with parasite but right. a lot in the past eight or nine years yeah fantastic looney let's pick it up let's keep okay. rolling here uh let's get to best actor in a leading role and one of my favorite actors of all time is Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is a brilliant actor. He is here in The Father. Chadwick Boseman, Ma oh. Rainey's obviously what we're seeing. Oh. Riz Ahmed in The Sound of Metal. So good. Incredible oh. there. Uh, yeah. Gary Oldman in Mank. And then I believe Stephen Yoon in Minari, you said again, Jackson. Is that the right category mm -hmm. there? Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Young from Minari, yes. Right. Uh, so take me through because, seriously, Chadrick Bozeman, who was great, oh, it's, yep. he was fantastic. But, again, I thought it was more of a best supporting actor role. Am I, am I fair to say that? Was it a big enough role to move him into best actor? Well, yeah. Let's uh, Okay, so we've got Chadwick. Here's the thing. He was also in Defy Blood, so Netflix um, – campaigned him for supporting actor for Defy Bloods. Mm -hmm. And he got a few nominations for that. So they had to put him in for lead actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because of that. I think it's a lead role in the film. If you, you know, it's a short movie. It's only about 90 minutes. He's in the majority of it more than Viola. So yes, I think okay. he will win um, and deservedly so. I mean, my goodness, the performance, the career, the impact that he has had, but you talk about Anthony Hopkins and he won the BAFTA a couple weeks ago, which stunned me. And he hasn't won in 29 years since the silence of the lambs as Hannibal Lecter. I just don't think the Academy's gonna look good if they don't give it to Chadwick Boseman. All the headlines, all the comments on social media from people being like, you didn't give it to Chadwick on the only opportunity you could give it to Chadwick and you gave it to another old white guy. There's going to be a lot of that. There is absolutely okay. if Anthony Hopkins wins. There was a moment in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom about 20 minutes into the film where if you, yeah, if you weren't paying, you know, if you were just saying, okay, and you were bored 20 minutes into the film, Chadwick Boseman grabs you by the balls and you can't take your eye off the movie for about 10 minutes. 
Yeah. He tells yeah. a story about his childhood and you can't take it. And then you're frozen uh, and, and stunned for about the next 10 or 15 minutes. He brings, he pulls you into that movie. Yeah. Cause you know, I haven't seen him in that much. And, uh, and so I, I was, I was blown away. I was blown yeah. away. And, and I loved You know, the sound of metal I was worried about watching because I've been wearing these headphones for a long time and I've got ringing in my ears and I, I know that that and I listened to loud music before I wore headphones. Turned I didn't all, see this I, picture. Should I watch this movie? You're saying yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, you'll be you'll also be frightened. You wore headphones uh, for the last 20 or 30 years. And before that, you listened to your music with the vibe. How many, I'm sure you've blown speakers in your life. I blew every pair of speakers I ever owned. My mother's stereo, my brother's stereo, my own, my car. And so uh, you know, that's for those of us who have led that lifestyle, the sound of metal is a movie that will frighten you and it's also an excellent movie Riz Ahmed is amazing he is he is it was um yeah an incredible experience it was the, yes. it was the most incredible experience i had watching that film in any other year i would say it would be quite a showdown between Riz Ahmed and Anthony Hopkins and that Riz Ahmed should win it was my favorite performance but you talk about Chadwick Boseman and his career i mean i remember watching him in 42 seeing that movie on opening day for the first time and going Wow, what a powerhouse he is going toe to toe with Harrison Ford in that. And then he played James Brown and Get On Up. And I thought, oh my gosh, he should be in the best actor conversation for this because he's so good in that. And he was Thurgood Marshall and he did Black Panther, of course, and, and some other roles. And yes, when I watched Ma Rainey, which I believe was on Thanksgiving night, I don't love the movie itself, but I realized about 10 minutes in, I'm just going to study Chadwick Boseman. That's what mm. I'm going to do for this experience. I'm just going to study him and keep my eyes glued on him and uh yeah whatever. well it's not hard because he makes you mm. about 10 minutes into that film yeah makes you watch him yeah and and you're frozen and stunned into watching him for the rest of the film yeah, good yeah knowing that this was his final performance and what yeah. he gave into it he should win i hope he wins I hope the Academy doesn't make this mistake. They've made a lot of mistakes over the years, but right. they got an opportunity to get this right. And yeah, the blowback may be huge. Well, I think you guys, one of the things when people come up with talk about those mistakes and conspiracies, it's like media conspiracies. Like everyone who works in the media gets together at Denny's and decides how to spin the news or tell a story. You know, that's not the way, you know, these are all people long before, long before the stay at home order. These were all a lot of old people staying at home and watching uh, DVDs and VCRs over the years and not getting together with each other to negotiate who should get the awards. Yeah, correct? But, just, yeah, but I'll disagree with the Hollywood foreign press. I believe that okay. they're a little politically motivated. I believe that the Hollywood foreign press. You think they get little, together? Yeah, I do. I believe they have an agenda and it's based on the Where last does this meeting happen? world I, politics. And I think a lot of it has to do with what's happening and what the world feels like with the Hollywood foreign press. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong on that. I think the Hollywood foreign press and that broadcast gets a little bit more politically hijacked than the Academy Awards. Just my opinion. Well, yeah, yeah they, and, and people are making headlines now about the comments that are coming out about the members of the foreign press and the leadership there. I mean, 
haven't we all sort of known this for years that there was a lot of hanky-panky and wrong things going on with the wacky little Hollywood foreign press mm. group that gets, you know, they get things in the mail and they're swayed by a lot of things. And there have been those controversies over the last few years as well. And, and well, wait a minute. Talk, talk about what some up. of those, you know, since we are broadcasting and not narrow casting, because this is a lot of times people pay attention at this time of year just so they can, you know, see a good movie but they're not really into movies and all those details. What's some of the hanky panky and stuff that's going on that you two are talking about with the Hollywood foreign press? Well, there were headlines in the past before it became, we have no black members, which is the right. huge thing right now. Um, it was, uh, we just nominated Johnny Depp twice in the same category, just so Johnny Depp could show up. They received oh, gifts. Okay. They received. Now look, I, I as a member of Critics Choice and SAG, receive some things from the studios that say, we want you to vote for our movie basically. But that really takes them like, uh, they they got trips to places and, and oh, okay. gifts, I think Nocturnal Animals, a Tom Ford movie. And there were some things going on with that. And that's why- that How movie can I become a member? Of the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yes. <laughs> do I have to leave the country? How do I, how can I get, wow. <laughs> it's always so mysterious. It's always been so vague, but NBC, Good has invested so much money in them over the years to put on this show, to put on this comedy spectacle of an award uh, show. And now it's finally being flown back into their faces after all these years. Wow. Let's get to best picture. And as Looney knows, Jackson, I didn't like the expansion of best picture mm -hmm. from five to what was it? Nine or 10. So yeah, they can, they, I think they can nominate up to nine, right? Well, you're not going to like next year now, because here's the thing. So they, they've been not you can do between five and ten. But starting next year, we're going back to mandatory ten. So you're not going to like wow. that at all. Mandatory. 10. Well, and I think one of the reasons why they did that, because over the years, what happens? And I've always done my voice. What are these movies? Because so many so often over the years, there was a pattern for quite a while where independent films were winning Best Picture and getting nominated and they were films playing at the Lemley here in Los Angeles and nowhere else. And so people who went to see Star Wars didn't go see Fargo, et cetera, for example. And so people, I think they expanded the category to include some mass appeal films that weren't going to win anyway. Is my conspiracy correct there, Jackson? You're you're on to yeah. it with most yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh... You had Black Panther nominated a couple of years ago, trying to get more blockbusters involved. Remember when they tried to come up with that popular film category, which yeah. was a fail? Uh, yeah, it's it's more of that, trying to expand, trying to get more diverse films nominated, trying to get more, the more the merrier. They're under this, the more well, the merrier. Well, why don't they, you know, the Olympics, you know, adds bowling every once in a while and cricket and new sports and, and, and skateboarding. Why can't the Academy add more categories that would bring popcorn movies in? Well, they've tried it, but I think there are there are the diehard movie fans who say, oh, you're just categorizing things. You're just making it special just so that or. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of back and forth with that. I remember, because you know, it takes a, it takes a lot of work to get a film made. And it does. so and so you should, if you make a film that everybody goes and sees, it right. shouldn't be held against you. Right. I mean, they put in animated feature finally 20 years ago, but right. there are still too many people out there who don't see animation as legitimate filmmaking or art. So, okay. yeah, there's a lot of back and forth problems with trying to get genre pictures into the category. Right. Well, here's the deal. Your winner will be Nomadland. I think the momentum is huge. I think they will win. That movie will win Best Picture. I also saw The Trial of the Chicago 7. I liked it a lot. 
Uh, clearly, I'm a big fan of Mank. So those are the movies that I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. Uh, Jackson, take us through the category best picture. Who do you believe wins? Well, uh, yes, I'll lead to that. Films that will not win. Uh, okay. The Father, okay. the father okay. will not win. Judas and the Black Messiah was a surprise to get in this category. It will not win. Mank will not win. Minari, Promising Young Woman will not. Unfortunately, Sound of Metal will not. It comes down to two movies. It comes down to Nomadland and Trial of the Chicago 7. And I would have told you two weeks ago even that Nomadland would win. But this award season has gone on so long. And the way the preferential ballot voting system works with the Academy, where they rank the movies one to eight, they don't just pick one movie. And because of where we are in our country right now, the trial of the Chicago seven will win best picture. Oh, it is huge cast. The cast that won the SAG award a couple weeks ago, a film people saw on Netflix a few months ago, but it's still on people's minds. They had more access to that than even Nomadland being on Hulu, but it's, it's a, a strong film. Um, I don't think it's a perfect film. I don't think Nomadland's a perfect film either, but trial of the Chicago seven has that strength to it. Couldn't and Minari win for the same reason? I don't think Minari has the mass appeal that okay. the trial of the Chicago seven seems to be having right, right now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with. Like it's, it's going to either be Nomadland or Chicago seven, but where we are right now and what's going on, this movie is speaking to people. This movie is saying something. It's not just a woman wandering out in her van and it depressing and a good film, but a woman wandering and depressing. This is a film that, that has something to say about where we are. And even though Aaron Sorkin's not in the best director category, that doesn't matter. Green book won a couple years ago without uh, Peter Farrelly being in director. So it's I think it's going to happen. I really do. In upstate New York, Elmira, New York, the 607 Notre Dame High School, a conservative, uh, socially conservative hometown. So a small Catholic high school within my conservative hometown. I went to almost a very liberal Jesuit type Catholic school where we got taught sex education in school long before the public schools did. They were still debating it. And. We had a class on the trial of the Chicago seven. Wow. A religion, a religion teacher always mixed in politics. And we had a class one oh, semester. And that's where it began. That's where the, it began. Now I get it. Now that that's where it began for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole key to this. Oh, podcast. no. I always try to get everybody to learn <laughs> one thing about it. That's where it all began. Well, that, that, <laughs> and, that and mom, you know, my uh, mom was uh, mom would take me into the voting booth. And uh, that was an influence too. I was I was voting for presidents before I could read things, and I, I knew you know I knew I had a liberal mom when I asked who's the first president you voted for, and then she would say some name, and I'd have to go look the guy up, and he didn't win. <laughs> so she was always voting for people who didn't win, so uh, I had to look up uh, who she was voting for. But yeah, that's part of where it started, and so yeah, I was an expert on the trial of the Chicago Seven when I was fifteen. Wow. Wow. Yes. You should have been a consultant on the movie. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin would have welcomed you. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, I want to get into you. This is about you. It's tremendous that you're joining us. Give us your backstory. We know the early stages as the youngest film critic, your, your friendship, the great relationship with Regis, God rest his soul. Mm. Tell us how you started, where you're at, and what's your next big goal? Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah, I started... Uh, a little more than 15 years ago in January of 2006, 
reviewing movies. The first was at the uh, Radio Disney station in upstate New York. I started there at seven years old as the kid critic, reviewing the family movies to tell parents whether they were worth taking the kids to see or not. And that has evolved into this Lights, Camera, Jackson brand and me not only reviewing films, but interviewing filmmakers and celebrities and doing podcasts and doing interviews and and uh, coverage on television stations and radio stations and online platforms as a member of the Critics' Choice Association and SAG-AFTRA. And I have a lot in the works, going to continue with the outlets that I'm on, uh, but there are some great things in the works that I hope to share very soon. And as I look to the next steps of my career and just keep on rolling uh, into the rest of the year for the movies, and it's a, it's a very exciting time. Uh, JT, these creative types don't like to tell you exactly what they're working on. They're like co co comedians with jokes. <laughs> they hoard them and they won't. They, comedians never tweet out any of their stand-up act. They're worried people will steal their jokes. Same thing with these creative types like Jackson. He's got projects he's working on, but he's not going to tell you what they well, are. When I think about this, what I, what I find so good, and we've been friends a long time, and that's why we're thrilled to have you, is I Thank saw you. your talent at a very, very young age when we got you on the radio, and that started, and I met your dad, and we've uh, broke bread together, and we've seen you out on the West Coast, and I'm sure I'll see you in Vegas, but the void in my life when Siskel and Ebert went away, because I've talked about this, I never went to a bad movie because I'd watched their show. And they mm. tell me what the bad movies were, so I wouldn't go to them. And I think that's a very important role that you play because yeah. I'm sure you'll push back with me mm. and say, no, 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 JT, go see everything because you might get surprised. You told us about that. But I don't have the time to do that with right. all my career. So I want to know what's good. I yeah. want to know what's great here for these Academy Award nominees, which you walked us through because that's your job. Do you feel like it's a job for you or is it just you feel like it's a life calling? Yeah, I mean, I discovered my life calling being a part of this world uh, at a very young age. I went to the first movie I saw, the Lizzie McGuire movie in the theater, the indoor theater. I stood up the entire time and my eyes were glued to the screen and my parents looked at each other and said, something's going to happen with this kid and movies. And then I just got going a couple of years later. Um, it is a job and a career. It's always been a career, never a hobby uh, since I was very young in the sense that, yes, I want to help people tell them what's good and, and what's not good. But also, I'm very passionate about uh, all of this. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate. And I want to comment on, on the reach just because you brought that up. And some of the listeners may not know that full story is that I was inspired by two people to get into this. One being the late Roger Ebert, uh, who was incredible. And I met him and uh, have still have a great relationship with his wife, Chaz. And the other being Regis and um, watching him just be himself on live television, hosting, interviewing people, talking about movies. Um, I loved that. I loved watching Regis every time he was on television and my friendship with him over the years was incredible as well. And I miss him dearly. I miss Roger dearly. What advice would you give? You know, there are people who are listening to the podcast who are 15, 25, 35, 45, 55, who still are looking for life's calling. They don't get it when they're seven. Um, what advice would you give someone to, who's digging and scratching and looking for a life's calling? You just, you got to find that purpose and you got to find that positivity. I mean, I've always wanted to look at the positives when it comes to just about everything. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do that, but that's what I've tried to do for most of my life and do things that make you happy and that excite you, even if it's the little things. Um, mm. 
that's what I would say. I mean, my case is is so different from everyone else's cases out there of, of trying to find what they want to do. But if you just try to find the positivity and all that, and also build relationships and contacts and 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 find a way to get your work out there and yourself out there. I think that's the way to go. You saw 220 movies, yet every time you go to a Mexican restaurant, you get a fucking quesadilla. Can you try to eat something other uh, than a fucking quesadilla the next time you go to a Mexican restaurant, please? Listen, Looney, I like my quesadillas, <laughs> and I think we had a good time with those, yes. those quesadillas. True, but Jesus one, Christ with the quesadillas. Because Looney's great at editing. This might be the beginning of the podcast. Okay. Okay. The end and the goodbye, but I want to get this in. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that worries me a lot about sports now is apathy. People aren't going to games because of COVID-19. They're not. They're not allowed to go to games. They mm -hmm. can't get tickets. There's limited fans. And I'm worried about the fact that people won't go back at the level they used to go back because they're used to not going. You know, they can watch it on TV. We even have radio hosts in sports radio that say, I'm not going to the game. I got six TVs here and I got six TVs and a, and my wine next to me. And I don't need to go to the game because I get a better experience at home. I'm yeah. worried about that with movies. I go to movies by myself in the day. I go to movies with my wife. I love going to movies, but I don't yeah. go to movies when they're crowded because I have a very big problem with people making noise at movies and they're amateurs at movies because they don't go much. So they go once or twice a year and they're not used to the etiquette of going to a movie theater and respecting that Amen. experience. So how are we going to get people's asses back in the movie theaters? Is this a concern for you going forward? No, I think people want to go to the movies. We're already seeing that with Godzilla versus Kong and some of the other films that have come out recently, even during a pandemic, even older people will come out and, and see these films. So I think the indoor theaters will bounce back and they're already starting to. The drive-ins will continue to do really well. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I'm not totally concerned about that because people, if they want to see the movie on the giant screen, they'll want to experience that and go to the theaters and even pay the money. But I will comment on the whole etiquette thing, which is, yes, even right before this pandemic started, I mean, we were at a breaking point of, I'm going to a movie or two every week and somebody's on the phone and somebody's talking and somebody doesn't care and the popcorn and the food and the loud noises and all that. I've, I've enjoyed being at home and watching movies in the way that I am comfortable doing that with no distractions, but there is something about that communal experience and people wanting to get out of the house. So there will be some people who say, yeah, I want to stay in, but there will be others who say, I want that experience. And enough of those will keep the movies and the movie theaters going. Sunday night at 10 p.m. That's when you go to a movie. If you don't want to be bothered by people who are chomping on popcorn or, 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 or acting improperly, during a film, I've always found it's like it's just, it's like your screen. It's like you're in Michael Jackson's Netherland Ranch, right? You've got you've got the whole theater to yourself. And there are times when you can go to a movie theater on a Wednesday afternoon or a mm. Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Right. When when the, there are times where you can go and there's not going to be a lot of people in the movie theater. Yes. Jackson, tell us where we can find you on all your social media. Twitter at LCJ Reviews. 
Facebook, Lights Camera Jackson, Instagram at Lights Cam Jackson, YouTube.com slash Lights Camera Jackson, and the website with all my picks in all 23 categories is lights-camera-jackson.com. And the reason why it's 23, and I think this is important for people to know, is because the Academy this year decided to combine the sound categories. It used to be separate sound editing and sound mixing. And But they thought, oh, too many films are winning both. The same movie's winning both. So let's just give out one. But yet last year, it went to two different movies. So I don't agree with that decision, but that's why it's 23 instead of 24. But all the picks are on the website. I'm just wondering why all the got all those dashes. The dashes are annoying and more annoying than those 23 categories. Hey, listen, listen. In the early days, in the early LCJ days, and I could reveal even more secrets to you too if you want. But in the early days, uh, tried to get the website to, to, without the dashes, but uh, have to go with the dashes. Not only okay. is it a little different, but person wouldn't budge. Sometimes people don't budge when you, okay. even when you try. But okay. hey, the dashes are, are matter and they, they make a difference. Thanks for listening to the JT and Looney podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.